Welcome to the Grid Iron Crew podcast, an NFL podcast made in Scotland by NFL lovers. You're listening to the preview crew, and we're about to stuff ourselves full of the finest matchups in week 12 of the NFL. My name's Keith McGinty, I'm your host this evening, and I am joined by some of the finest crew members that we have. First up, we've got Danny McVeigh, just fresh from his travels across the sea to see his beloved New England Patriots. Danny, how are you this evening? Oh, I'm fantastic, bud. How are you? No, you, you're you're sounding smooth. No, I'm no smooth. I'm still rough. I'm even barely human at this point. But <laughs> gave it a go. Uh, yeah, I'm blaming Jack. Like nothing to do with the four days of Sam Adams or Guinness or anything else we could actually consume in that time. <laughs> I'm very jealous. And one man managed to to brave it and do it all with you. Is your right hand man Scott Scud Coggle? Scud, how are you feeling? Um, my shadow of my former self, to be honest with you, buddy, but it was all <laughs> worth it for the greater good. It's a, it's a great memory to have, great lifetime, and, and we'll dig into it later on in the podcast because I'm really, really excited to hear how the the day went, the experience was, and also the the game. But unfortunately, the one man who was in the states um, working on a big dig uh, was your brother. Kevin Coggle, Kev, how are you? You didn't manage to, to actually get into the game, but I believe you had a, a, a rare old time up in Boston with the boys. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Thanks, Keith. Um, I was I was there, but um, I just happened to be in the States um, at the same time the guys were coming over for the match and, and managed to hook up with them for, for a couple of nights um, on the town. Um, but yeah, I, I managed to catch the game in a Boston bar uh, while the guys were, were at the stadium watching. Oh, nice, nice. That was subtle. I like that. Fantastic. As I said, we'll dig into that at the, towards the end of the, the podcast. This week we are looking at week 12. And as we like to do at the start of um, each of our podcasts, we quite start with an opening question to get us nice and relaxed and roll us into the podcast nice and smoothly. And it's Thanksgiving Thursday. So first of all, a very happy Thanksgiving to all our American listeners over there or listener as it is at the, the moment next year it'll be way way more um and we didn't watch that with the usual what are you thankful for but what is the a wee bit something a wee bit different turning on its head who are you thankful that is no longer involved with your team who are you thankful that your team got shot off ages ago maybe in the past year we've got a few that we can think of or even if you, there's no one that stands out to you which players do you think are thankful They've finally got their coach, their head coach, to to get to fuck. Who are you thankful for? Who do they think they are thankful for? Danny, I'm going to come to you first of all. Who 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 are you most thankful is uh, no longer involved with the Patriots? Or tell me, is it the scene? Perfect season, eighteen and all. Mm-hmm. Super Bowl. Pats are winning. One minute twenty left. On the clock of the fourth quarter, and this dick drops an interception. One Asante <laughs> Samuel. Now, that name might sound familiar. His son is currently playing in the NFL. All he had to do, I mean, it bounced off him. He would do in his hands, and he drops. It was the easiest interception he could have come up with. And he drops it. Finally, well, we all know what happens. Eli punches it in. The perfect season. The turn comes 18 and 1. And yeah, so I'm just thankful. And all of that is the most bitter asshole you'll ever hear. Just going to Twitter, <laughs> find them, 
oh, I can't stand the man. So I'm glad he is no longer out the door. You know, I, I really feel for you, Patriots fans, that that, that one time at the Super Bowl, something goes wrong for you, and you never really get a chance to get back there and make amends for that. I, I, my heart bleeds for you there. It truly does. Kevin, what about yours? What about um, yourself? What are you thinking? Well, for me, um, I have only been, um, you know, a fan of the NFL and, a, and an Eagles fan for a short period of time uh, compared to uh, some of the other guys. Um in my short time supporting the Eagles, I would say Carson Wentz. Um, mm. I think that um, we were lucky. Um, I think we won the Super Bowl because Wentz got injured. Um, I think if, if, if he'd stayed fit, we wouldn't have won a Super Bowl. And I'm, I'm glad we, we got shot at him um, and didn't keep a hold of him as the, as the franchise QB uh, because onwards and upwards. Fantastic. And you must be absolutely delighted with Hearts now and the way things are going. We bit a wobble past couple of weeks, but um you sure you're still going to be contenders at least this year for the, the Super Bowl? Yeah, I'm I'm confident we're going to be in the playoffs at least. Um hopefully going a run um in the postseason, but definitely playoff bound at the moment as far as I'm concerned. So yeah, good season. Enjoying it. Scud, you're a man that I know most of my, my adult life. You're a man that has just love in your heart for everyone and everything. Is there anyone you're thankful is no longer part of your team? Or can you not bring yourself to feel that way? Is there someone else out there that you think he's glad he's got, got to hell? Um, no, for me, it would have to be um, one Trevor Lawrence get rid of Urban Myers because for what this now is shite that guy put him through last year, he must be delighted for him no longer to be the range of the club. Um I just I couldn't think of MDL, so it was such a disastrous season, especially for num- a number one pick. It was I felt bad for him, to be honest with you, so he must be delighted this year. Am I right in saying that there's going to be a documentary on the, the Florida team that he coached and some of the really toxic, toxic players that were there? That'll be horrible to watch, but it'll be really interesting to see as well. Hernandez. That'll be class. <laughs> Aye, that's another one you'll be happy to get away for the, the pass as well. How we make a murderer season three. <laughs> <laughs> and that takes us on to our week 12 preview. Um, we've got to have a wee look at our top five matches. This is something that we agree uh, in the group chat as the, the crew together. Um, we've got five matches for you. We've got the New England Patriots at the Minnesota Vikings. We've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Cleveland Browns, Cincinnati Cincinnati Bengals at the Tennessee Titans, the Chicago Bears at the New York Jets, and the New Orleans Saints at the San Francisco 49ers. Um, where will we start, guys? We'll start just at the beginning then, the Pats at the Vikes. Happy to go for that one there. It's a big matchup. The Pats with a 6-4 and four record. Big win last week. Of course, you guys know all about that. Uh, and the, the Vikes taking an absolute hammering against the Cowboys. You think they're wounded and your boys will be able to run over the top of them there? Scott, what do you think? Well, I, I think we've got a chance. Kirk in prime time is always hit and miss. Um, <laughs> but um, no, the, for us, I think the big, we looked like we were moving the ball a lot better last, last week. But if David Andrews is out, it's going to. I would say hamper our chances quite a bit, to be honest with you. But no, I'm looking forward to it. If it's if he's fit, then I fancy our chances. 
Um, I do think it's hopefully they're still licking their wounds and not the wounded animal. They're just sulking in the corner. So definitely, I so, hope we get there. You mentioned some of the, the injuries there from the the injury report that I had a quick look at before we came on. Andrews is uh, limited, uh, as was wide receiver Devante Parker. Do you think that's going to be much of a difference? Has Mac been utilising the the throwing game as much as he should do, or is, um, the running game really where it is for the, the Pats this, this week, Danny? It's not really Mac, it's the play Collins issue. You know, I'm sure we're going to it for from sort of last week. You know, some of the playing calling is just atrocious. Mac, okay, Mac's taking too long through his reads. It's kind of takes hovering too long in his first read. He's not getting off it quick enough. But you know, when you're third and seven and you're calling these wide zone runs and just getting absolute nowhere, no wonder we were all moaning and groaning at it because it was all the play calling. But yeah, the defensive line to struggle here. This is the one where it's because it's all got to come down to. Defensive lines. Now, Vikings have got Darius all banged up. The left tackle, he's been immense. So it's going to be a big loss to him. You've got, you know, probably two of the best teams for actually rushing the passer. You know, we've obviously got Judon and Nucci's had a great season. Dietrich Wise has been brilliant as well. So they're going to be running for the lives. So yeah, we're going to be relying heavy in the, the in the run game. But again, you see how well Mac does actually offer some play action as well. So if we can actually run the ball, establish a decent run, bit of play action, then it should create chances to actually throw the ball downfield and really get that passing game working. If they can just play some actual good good calls. And there's been a few mm-hmm. in there. There was a few great plays last week. Some of them amazing throws as well when the Mac was producing, but just not often enough, and they're just at the wrong times. A little bit later on in the preview, we'll talk about the New York Jets and how they're benching their uh, franchise quarterback just now, but I was going to ask you, Mac, is, do you think he is the future for the New England Patriots? Or We saw a brief cameo of uh, Billy Zappi. Was there enough from him that warranted a bit more game time from him? For Mac? Oh, Mac, Mac's, Mac is the boy for me anyway. I don't know what you guys think, but yeah, look, if he showed... Last season, he can be an NFL quarterback. Now, whether he's going to be a, a superstar and you know lead us to the promised land again, who knows? But he's more than capable of being an established NFL quarterback. But I think just overall, the whole you know quarterback play, apart from Tua and probably Mahomes this year, has been down. Look at Stafford. Mm-hmm. Look at Rogers. Look at you know Trevor Lawrence has been doing much. Zach Wilson's taking se- uh, second overall. He's dipped. You know, it's there's just been. The overall quarterback play hasn't been at a great level this year overall. I think, you know, I saw some a tweet recently that, you know, it was just how many thousands of yards passing plays are down and how much more rushing plays there are this, this year. Just, you know, we've dropped off of that 2020 period where it was just all offensive. It was all just deep balls. And I think we're just starting to see defences maybe catching up a wee bit from those mm-hmm. you know, Shanahan offences. And we'll see how it goes. So I'm willing to give him more time. He's running for his life out there. The, the, the O-line is banged up and isn't playing well. You know, even when Trent Brown in there, he's getting benched. Isaiah Wynn is getting benched. So I'm more than happy to give him more time once we actually, never know, get an actual offensive coordinator in there, maybe even a quarterback's coach, maybe to help him out since we lost both of them last season. And maybe 
you know, we can actually rebuild that. Well, that's it. So, yeah, no, I'm still all in Mac. Good, good. Well, as you say, the running game seems to be leading into the, the quarterbacks. We're seeing it with Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson. Even a couple of weeks ago, Kev, we saw um, Mr. Primetime himself, Kirk Cousins, um, rushing to, to, to help win game of the, the, the year so far for the Vikings. How do you think the Vikings are going to do this week? Um, are they ready for a, a bounce back, or has this really been a regression to the, the mean? They've been quite lucky to win as many games as they have in their eight and two record. Yeah, I, I don't think you can you can say that they're lucky when when they've got you know, some of the weapons that they've got. Um, I think that after the the tough tough game that they had last week, I think they will struggle. Um, you know, it's well well uh, known and uh, or certainly well uh, discussed within our group that uh, Cousins struggles in prime time um, and he couldn't be up against a harder team, I don't think, because I was uh, really, really impressed with the Pats' defence last week um, when I was watching in the, the bar in Boston. Um, it's the first time I've really sat and watched through a whole Pats game for quite a long time um, and the, the, the defence was was really, really impressive. Um, so I think after taking a, a beating like they took, um, that this is a game that they really didn't they really didn't want. Um, they could have had something much easier to bounce back. Um, so I think they'll struggle, but I don't think necessarily that they're lucky to be where they are. I think they're a good team. Um, like I said, they, they can hurt anybody on their day with the weapons that they've got. Um, but I, I just, I fancy the Pats tonight. So am I right in saying that the the man's D, uh, sorry, the Pats D, they play some of the most man coverage in the NFL. How do you think that's going to affect Justin Jefferson's game? Because he's been absolutely incredible this year. Um, such a reliable wide receiver comes to fantasy football as well. But that seems to be the man that the Vikings have relied on an extraordinary amount. Um, is that really going to affect his game or is he good enough to rise above that? Scott, what are you thinking? Um, no, it's, it is the it's interesting matchup of the full thing, to be honest with you. Um, but there's one thing Bill, Bill Belichick is great at is taking away the um, the, the offence's best weapon, which is by, by far Justin Jefferson. So I think we've got some good young rookie cornerbacks and that's so all. We just need to wait and see how they got on with them. Danny, what about yourself? Yeah, well, good to agree with Scud, right? Again, Belichick does that, takes away your biggest weapon, but big mm-hmm. TJ Hawkinson for me, and that, that might come up later on. That's a wee hint, right? We'll maybe come to him later. <laughs> Struggle against these big tight ends, you know, and big man, what can you say? He's been an absolute revolution, I think, a real revolution. Well, that as well, since he came <laughs> uh, to the Vikings. Uh, he's been a great addition to that offence. Uh, and, well, again, the, the run game's always an issue for us. So I think it'll be a quieter game for him. I, I can see the man for my defensive rookie of the year. Forget the rest of them. Jack Jones will shut him down. And then, uh, yeah, we'll have an interesting time with Hawkinson. So I, I really don't That's it. Nice. Is that hold on? Is that JJ cubed then? We'll need to ask Brian that one. Um, yeah, 
Do I really need to ask Danny Scud? Do I need to ask you who you, you're going for for this one? Is this a, a, a Pats victory, a slim victory for you guys, or do you think this will be a building on what you did last week and maybe make it a wee bit more comfortable? I, I would love to see them win it. I would, in my heart, is always going to say Pats are going to win it. The spreads, well, it's only a two and a half point game for the, the Vikings now, and they've only seemed to win close games. So I still think it's going to be a close game. You know, if, if Nick Falk still comes up short on 44-yard field goals or whatever that one was, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that could end up costing us. Uh, there's a big thing that Colin Cowherd always mentions, and it's always after an emotional win, a team can usually have a bit of a slump. And so if you kind yeah. of take that into consideration on the road against a team that just get battered up and down with something to prove, my head says that Vikings should win narrowly. But I'm always going to back the pass, so go pass. So this is their. This will be the Vikes bouncing back from their emotional letdown of last week. Then after the the game of the, the year so far, Scott, you the same? Is it going to be comfortable for the Pats or? Oh, not. It's not. It's never comfortable. To be honest with you, but <laughs> no. I said heart and head. I probably still want to go both go for the Pats. I don't. Danny's saying about you travel to Minnesota and it's going to be Baltic everything there but to me I just I can't stop thinking my own team getting, getting by the defence on top and just hopefully crush them Kev what are you thinking you, you've got to see the 8-2 yeah like oh sorry oh, yeah like like I said um, I think uh, it's I think it's going to be a Pats win Um but I don't. I definitely don't think it'll be comfortable. Um, I think it'll it'll be a, a really tough game. Uh, whoever wins it. Um, but just for me, like I said, really impressed with the Pats. D. Um, what what you were asking about with Jefferson? Uh, with Jefferson, I think I don't know his stats. I don't know how he compares the, to his own coverage versus uh, man coverage. Um, but to me, it doesn't seem to make a difference. So I don't think that that's necessarily going to be. Um, you know um, the deciding factor, um, but I, I just think um, you know how well the Pats' defense play against the, the Vikings tonight um, could be the decider um, if they can limit them on on, on offense. Um, then I think that uh, that they'll win narrowly. Well, there we go. Um, that one for the Vikes, two for the Pats. I'm I'm going to go for the Vikes myself. I think I could even see it going to to overtime and another. Emotional, draining, uh, and exciting game to, to finish. Low scoring, though, I can see it maybe being under maybe 20 points for this one. Uh, as you said, maybe the, the cold weather affecting the game up in uh, Minnesota there. So, um, two and two there for that one. Next game we're going to look at is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Just uh, off their bye week, uh, travelling to Cleveland to face the Browns. Bucks with a five and five record, and Browns with a three and seven. Kev, I'll come to you first of all for this one. Then, um, fresh from his uh, rest and relaxation, and no doubt many meetings with his lawyers over the the bye week. Will Tom Brady be back with a, a bang in this one? Yeah, I think so. Um, something I've discovered since we started doing this, um, and we've been, we're being asked to pick our, um, you know, our pick six. Uh, players of the week, etc. I've realised that I seem to always um, lean towards guys coming off their bye week for some reason. Um, <laughs> I, 
I don't know. I don't know um, again if the stats will back it up, but um, I, I seem to put a lot of uh, a lot of weight on guys having that extra week uh, between games. Um, and I think, yeah, I fancy the Bucks. Uh, the Browns are struggling. Um, yeah, Brady's Brady, um, and I, um, I can, I can see, um, I can see the Bucks doing well. I think, uh, um, I think it depends how how the run the run game goes. The Bucks, um, you know, how comfortable the victory is. I think if they get the run game going, then the, um, then they should win it uh, pretty comfortably. Um, um, because we, obviously we know what uh, Brady can do throwing the ball. Um, but yeah, uh, looking forward to that one as well. He seems to have a couple of his, his weapons back. Hopefully um, Mike Evans will be back fit for this one too. Um, Danny, can you see Tom Brady starting to recapture some of the fine form that we've seen of years gone by? Or is this the, the slow and gradual decline of the, the great man himself? I don't think Brady's played bad. I think he's played pretty well. Uh, you know, mm. it's not there. It's not clicking. He's not been happy with the offensive line. They've not been able to run the ball, which again, as we're just discussing, leads to it doesn't create spaces. People are not starting the box and creating, you know, the zones behind for you actually then, you know, make some room for receivers. I think he's played pretty well. So like Kev said, everyone's quite rely on the run game. Uh, again, Seahawks, I was going to say last week, two weeks ago, you know, they had yeah. Rashard White finally looking like a breakout player. He looked immense. Lenny, we know he can do it. He's been in a bit of an up-down season. So again, if they can get healthy, establish the run, you know, we had, we saw Godwin against the Seahawks as well coming in again. My big man, Otten, I love that guy. I'm all in him. He's another red zone target. Julio Jones is, I don't know, is that, is that a spoiler? Is he fit? He just might be. <laughs> So again, it's like, you know, when you start to actually see them, what's happening here, you know, okay, I don't know if Gage is back, he may win, but even on defence, they're getting healthier, they've got Davis back, Murphy Bunton's coming back, Winfield's healthier, Akeem Hicks, I think, is getting healthier, so I think they put all that together, and it's just hard to see. They're starting to look like a really balanced team, and my ball prediction that I put up on Twitter not that long ago was Tampa are going to the NFC Championship game. Well, I think there's one, the one missing piece. Bring back Rojo. <laughs> He's too busy warming <laughs> a bench in Kansas somewhere. <laughs> I'm, I'm just a fantasy owner that refuses to let go. Like. <laughs> but the, the, big, the big one to watch for this is Vita Vea. Watch him destroy, I think, they're their fifth centre or something like that, the Browns. He's poor Jacoby. In his last game is going to get absolutely eaten alive by Big Peter Bear. He's got to be my man he watch. And that's the thing, um, Jacoby is performing really, really well, but just looking at the, the injury report before we came on, as I said, um, Vita Vea did not practice. Um, so I doubt, I doubt for the game, I'm sure Big Man himself will be able to to push through, just like he does with many a uh, uh, a defence there to, to get through to the quarterback and, and rip up his shreds as he usually does. Other players that are listed as um, doubts for the, the Bucks wide receiver Russell Gage did not practice. Leonard Fournette is limited, as was Luke Godek as well. Um, so a few injury concerns for the, the Bucks, but they seem to be getting more of their first team regulars that, that back um, to help 
strengthen that side and give them a, a chance for a, a push towards the, the end of the season. Scott, what about yourself? Are you looking forward to seeing um, Brady's boys again? Or you think Jacoby Brissett and the Browns can cause a wee, maybe a wee upset here, a wee surprise for many? Um, unfortunately, I'm not going to go against the Bucks, to be honest with you, mate. Um, you're saying stuff like Leonard Burnett have been out for the run game, but to me, Richard White's looked much like the better back if you, if I'm yeah. in the last couple of weeks. As the Bucks have been getting better, he's been showing, showing more and more. So to me, I think the game will be on there. Um, and if you look at where the Browns are looking at injured just now, who are not practising, they've got Clowney, Njuku, Cooper and Garrett. That's four first-team stick-on players. If they don't, don't, some of them don't make it, it's going to make a big impact in that team. Um, so, no, I just don't see. I think this will be the last game for Jacoby in his last game, getting sandwiched by Via Via if he starts or whoever they're going to throw at him. But no, I don't. I can only see a Bucks winning. I feel bad saying that because Brian will be listening. But I don't feel I bad. For what's <laughs> 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 about to happen next week, that's the whole reason I hope they get absolute Roger in this one. But it'll be an interesting <laughs> game, though. The, look, yeah. the, the Browns' offense is actually, I think, ranked fourth overall. In the league and the, well. the Bucks defense is ranked seventh. So, in way, obviously you've got Miles Garrett there can always cause a bit of an issue for uh, offensive lines and quarterbacks. If you add in then our man Chubb, you know if he gets on a game, you know so you just never know. You know it's sort of but any given Sunday, I guess is the old cliche. But I can see past the Bucks. It is indeed. Um, Brissett, of course, last week threw for 324 yards, three touchdowns, three passing touchdowns. He had an incredible game against the Bills last week. Um, I think we're maybe, maybe doubting his potential um, to, to lead the team through, especially if he knows that he's come to the end of his starting chances here if um, Deshaun Watson is going to be and brought back in straight away after his um, his lengthy ban. Well, not lengthy enough for some people. But listen, that's something that I'm hopeful we, we get into, especially next week, if that is going to be a thing. I'm really looking forward to some discussion about um, Watson coming back in and the state of American sports and the kind of whitewashing of players like this just because they have talent. But maybe that's something we can get into next week. As for the Browns, they have a few more injury problems than maybe the Bucks do, really. The uh, Davian Clowney, who's uh, impressed so far this season, he uh, did not practice, neither did David Njoku. One of the the few tight ends that have really been impressing this, this year um, after Travis Kelsey. There's only been a few that have maybe been stand out that have been like gold dust to get in your fantasy teams. Wide receiver Amari. Cooper didn't practice either. Um, neither did Miles Garrett, who, as you said, Danny's been really, really impressive and strong for them. Um, I think this is going to be a really, really tight game. It's one I'm glad we included that it. it's going to be. Doesn't seem like it's a, a fancy game, one that you're really looking forward to. But I think it's going to be a, a good clash of the styles and a really, really tight, interesting game. Looking forward to seeing it. Who are we going for for this one? I think. Um, I think I took the Browns for this one after. Went for a wee upset in that. Um, Scott, what about yourself? Are you going Bucks or Browns for there? Bucks for me, mate. Can I see by TB12? Ah, that's it. Always in your heart. Gone but <laughs> never forgotten, eh, Danny? Oh, just looking at him there. Gazing lovingly in his eyes. 
<laughs> You've got one of the cardboard cutouts. You never like bidded yourself hooking it when he left, did you? No, I was too busy crying in him. Tell him not <laughs> to leave. Don't go, Tom. Tom. Handsome man. He really is. He's back in the market. Oof, there we go. Steaming right in there. Dave, <laughs> <laughs> what about you? You going for Bucks or Browns in this one? Oh me, I've I've already I've already showed my hand. Um, I'm going for the Bucks. So yeah, so you did, so you did, so you did. <laughs> um, listen, I'm happy to take the alternative view in this one. I'm, I'm I'll be looking forward to taking receipts and calling you out next week when the <laughs> Jacoby Brissett runs another uh, throws in for another three hundred odd yards and and seconds the the Bucks in that one. Next match we're going to look at this week is the Bengals at the Titans. Bengals with a six and four record so far. A wee bit up and down at times with the uh, Burrows there and taking it on himself um, with some of the the bad play and the losses that they've they've received um, against the Tennessee Titans. I think they're one of the, the quieter teams, the, sl- the sleeper teams. There, they don't go about anything really flashy, but they they're effective. Seven and three is their record. Kev, I'll come to you first for this one. Then, what do you make of this game? Um, for the Bengals, wide receiver Jamar Chase was limited. Uh, Joe Mixon, not long after his uh, 70 billion yard uh, points uh, that he got for the fantasy a couple of weeks ago, did not practice uh, in the recent one. Chris Evans was limited. Titans are missing Randy Bullock. That's one for Shaney. He did not practice. And uh, Derek Henry did not practice either. What are you thinking for that one then, Kev? Well, you've just... You've just uh... You've just thrown a spanner in the works. I did not know Oof. that Derek Henry didn't practice. Um, the king is dead. I think, I th- yeah. Um, um, I think if Henry was playing and Mixon was out, then I would be I would be going for the, the Titans all day long. Um, if both of them miss out, I, th- I think I'd probably lean towards the Bengals, even, uh, mm-hmm. well, especially if, um, if Chase... Uh, comes back into the side. Um, yep. Like you say, the Titans for me that yeah they're 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 very um, I don't know uh, plain. <laughs> I'm maybe being a bit I mean maybe being a bit harsh, but um, yeah. yeah they're not flashy. They just tick yeah, they, you know they just tick over. They go about their business. They they, they put points on the board and and they win uh, more often than they don't. Um, but yeah, um, I think if they're missing Henry, who's who's their biggest weapon, um, I think that's going to hurt them a lot more than mixing being out for the the Bengals, um, especially if Chase comes back. So um, yeah, I, I, for I, I, I've gone for the the Titans, um, mm-hmm. but I didn't know Henry was missing, and if he if he doesn't play, then I would go Bengals. That was just in the the jury report um, on the NFL website. Maybe there'll be updates. And you would imagine Mixon and Henry would both make these games, but yeah, well, they've still got a chance to practice tomorrow. They've still got a chance yeah. to log a practice tomorrow because these guys on the on the plane uh, Thanksgiving Day. So um, yeah, hope I'm hoping Henry's back because again, I've, I'm a fantasy owner of uh, Derek. <laughs> so you, you just you just uh, gave me an absolute uh, fright, but. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'm, uh, I suppose I'm going to stick with the prediction I made earlier. I'm going to say the Titans. Good man, good man. 
Danny, what about yourself? You, you think this is going to be a battle off the running game? Or has the Bengals just maybe got that wee bit more variety about them? You've got Chase there and T Higgins and the likes there that can really open the game up for, for Burroughs. Mm, right. So first of all, right, for me, this is match of the week because I think this is an absolute fascinating matchup, right? You've got yep. the Bengals, for me, just can't stop it. You know, they're, they're just they're conceding points left, right, and center. What was it? The last mm-hmm. five games, 30 points, 21 points, 32 points, 17 points, 26 points, right? And that's against the might of Pittsburgh Steelers, like <laughs> Carolina, Cleveland, Atlanta, New Orleans, sort of thing. You know, it's like these are the elite offenses we're talking about here, near bleeding. You know, it's hit three, four sort of touchdowns here. Mm-hmm. Go to the other side of the ball, or sorry, go to the other team, the Titans. What they given up the last five games? 17, 10, 20, 10, 10. Now, no, no the best teams in there, I'll give them that, right? But that 20 point was against Kansas City, probably the best offence in the league. So I just find it fascinating. Uh, and then you've got likes of... Uh, Cincinnati just can't run the ball. They're absolutely rubbish. You know, take out that one game by mixing... Yeah. They've just struggled. They cannot run the ball consistently. Kind of just looking at the rushing yards now, last 16, 62 yards, 36 yards, 78 yards, 75 yards. That's if you took it, take out the 241 yards that uh, they managed to put up in that mixing game. Uh, whereas, you know, the, the Titans aren't giving up a lot of rushing yards at all, but you can pass on them. So to me, this is all about the Passing game for Cincinnati, but it's all about the rushing game for Titans. And that's hardly a surprise given the way the offenses work. You know, the rushing game through King Henry and Joey B just get off in one, you know, just touchdowns left, right, and center. That, you know, array of, you know, weapons that he's got at his disposal. And so I think it'll be absolutely fascinating to try and watch this game. I think it's going to be a brilliant game. And uh, my upper hand has always got to go to Mike Frable. And for me, still coach of the year. Like you're talking about there, you know, seven and three, totally under the radar. Nobody's looking at them, but trust me, nobody's what you're facing in the playoffs. They they can they've got they could get the ability to get somebody a real bloody nose. It's really it's going to be a a, a fascinating matchup, as you say, Zach Taylor, the more offensively minded, um, exciting team. The Bengals, you'd probably say, but the the effective. Um, side that is Mike Vrabel's team and it's the same year in year out they're just strong they're they don't give up much but they run the ball so well Scott are you you hopeful for a former Pats Mike Vrabel win I, I can't remember who I picked in this one but I, I do think it's all dependent on to me if Jamar Chase starts then I think the Bengals may have the upper hand but if not I say it's, it's the Titans all day long. I think they've not been amazing to watch, but they've been getting mm-hmm. the job done dirty and thingy. But it all comes back to his dad touched on there. Um, Vrabel's a better coach out than both. He's he doesn't get enough credit for what he does. He's been yeah. consistent for years and years now, and I just don't feel he gets enough credit for what he does as that team. Um, they're missing all these starters in defense, but they're still putting up big plays and big performances. So. It'll be interesting to see, but Chase, I, I don't even think he might play, but I don't think you have what you see of him. So to me, I'm not knowing what I've picked in the picks on the website, but um, I think it would need to be, I would pick the Titans if talking about it just now. 
I've got it up here on the on Twitter. You can follow us at Grid Iron Crew. That's Iron I R N and Crew C R U. So at G R I D I R N C R U. Our picks are up there for all to see, to to slate, to to give us uh, your opinion as well. What you think is going to happen in this week's matchups? Um, I myself have went for the Titans. Danny, as have you. Scott, you've went for the Bengals in this one. And Kev is joining us going for the, the Titans in that one there. Look forward to, to seeing if we'll be right on that one. But as you say, fascinating matchup um, to the different styles. I'll, I'm really excited to see how that goes. Got two more matches to look at. Next up, we've got the Bears at the Jets. This has been the one that's really dominated the, the news this week, I would say. The Chicago Bears, Justin Fields playing with a... You, wasn't it a dislocated shoulder, Danny? What was it? Separated with partially torn ligaments. So it's fine. A bit of sawdust, yeah. Dettol, wire brush. Back in the game. A boy's made of stronger stuff than that. Nothing like that is going to keep it. Doesn't, it's not as if he needs his arm anyway. It's not like he's going to be throwing the ball as much as, as talented as he is at it. <laughs> he's just going to run. He'll get another 60-yarder again. Um, Fields uh, is going to be playing. One man that won't be playing, of course, um, as Zach Wilson, he is going to be dropped for who is it? White that's coming in in his place Mike, this week. Mike White, yep, Mike White, and that's all really due to the fallout of last week's game that you were at. So you've, you've basically retired, um, Zach Wilson, guys. Well done, that was terrific work. Another um, one, Belichick adds to his <laughs> list of Jets quarterback souls, he's just stashed away somewhere in Foxborough. <laughs> <laughs> rookie, rookie QBs he's eating alive that's that's what Brian called it eating them for breakfast he said the, the biggest thing was you'd listening to his comments after the match last week where he he was he was asked what was it he was asked again Scott you talk us through it please and basically just asked with any accountability of what happened and he basically says no <laughs> the gist of it it was just it was just arrogance, if you ask me. And you've seen what he's, um, Wilson Squared to come out after it. <laughs> um, he came out and basically took up, he took it on his shoulder to the team that basically apologised. But that's a quarterback's job. He's he's the one that was stuck in headlights, didn't know what to do, couldn't throw a ball, couldn't yeah. find open receivers. He should be able to take responsibility. And I just thought for them to take this approach and how it's happened now, something bad's happened in that worse than probably what we thought has happened in that dressing room for them to come up with that and say that now but they said it's not finished but um, to me I don't know how they can win, the, win everybody back that's going to be quite a long road to go down in my opinion I think he has apologised to the team since that I think there was reports yesterday if, if I'm actually having um, a wee bit of contrition there a little bit too late for that Danny what do you think I tell you how he wins people are he wins games. Now he's not going to win MDR by sitting on the bench. So I've I've sort of argued the point. I know a lot of people were for yeah, they had to drop him. And to me, he sounds like a petulant wee boy. And that's and he is he's still what 23 or something, he's still a young guy. You know fine yeah. well he went in that locker room and got both barrels from everywhere. <laughs> you just you know you know what these guys are like. You see behind the scenes, they're not any shrinking violets in there. They're not going to be nice to him. They're going to tell him exactly what they think of his face. He's come out, asked the question, and he just sounded like a petulant boy to me. Now, was it right? No, 
the his performance was it good? <sighs> no, it was junk. It was joyous to watch in the flesh. But <laughs> but to me, he wins people over by actually going out and playing. And for the the amount of you know draft capital they put in him, we draft him number two overall. You know what? See what he's actually made of. See if he's made the stronger stuff. Look, to me, he's benched. His confidence is gone. He'll know about back out. So I don't know. I don't think we'll see him again, to be honest, in a, a Jets uniform. He's another Darnold, another Sanchez, another Gino. Just add them to the list. Is that the... I, I get what you're saying there, but I'm thinking because the the, the management crew there, at the, the Jets have been so decisive so quickly, taking him out of the, the firing line to show him that he maybe needs to bring him down a few wee pegs to realise that he is part of the team. He's the face of the franchise and he needs to start acting like it. You're hoping that, that he is going to grow up pretty quickly, that he's going to take us on board, that he's going to try extra hard, that he's going to show a wee bit of deference to the, his teammates that have been there doing it for longer. He's not had a great team around him. This season, he's, he started to play a wee bit better, but I think by benching him just now, they're giving him that wee chance to just to reevaluate everything, maybe give him a chance to, to wipe the slate clean and start again Kev what do you think is it a way back for them um, or is it Joe Flacco for the rest of the season after White that, that's that, that's um, that's a good question that's not that's not one I, I have a particular opinion on when it comes to um, what's actually going to happen um, I can give you my opinion on what did happen um, in terms of yeah he struggled really badly against an, an excellent Pats defence. Um, and his comments in the media were those of a, a rookie quarterback who, like you say, um, you know, needs to needs to reevaluate, needs to grow up a bit, um, maybe needs a bit of media coaching. Um, you know, the thing is, he might well have been really hurting after that game. Um, you know, it could it can't have been can't have been nice to 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 lose a game like that and then to get asked questions like that and it, you know it, it's easy for us to sit here because we watch hundreds of interviews and you know you get the same old um you know stock answers peddled out every yeah. time and time again we all know we, you can almost expect them to say you know the, the the same thing that you hear over and over and over and I think in this occasion it's a young guy who was hurting um, and he's he's just kind of came out and said how he felt at the time um, and I, I don't think it's fair to like you know throw him in the bin because of that mm-hmm. um, he was a number two pick overall they obviously think there's a quarterback in there um, and I think it'd be madness to um, you know to, to bin him because of his comments after that game. Um and it was, you know, a, against a, a really tough Pats defense. Okay, it was it was it was poor. Um he didn't play great. Mm-hmm. But you know, um and, and people will say his stats all season aren't great, but I think that you know that's by far his worst performance and obviously that it's it's now blown up. Um but yeah I think I think you're right Keith. I think take him out of the team um and then give him a chance to come back in and um, improve himself. Um, but but as for what they'll actually do and who who will start the remainder of the season, I've got no idea. But 
how do you so for example, say they bring in Mike White and he wins a couple of games and they're doing a bit better. Do you really bench him then and bring in Wilson? And then what happens, right? Say they win a few more games, narrowly miss a wild card place. Season's finished. How do you know what you've still got with Zach Wilson getting into next season? Again, you're not going to roll with Mike White, you're not going to roll with uh, Joe Flacco. You're probably sitting with a mid-round pick if you're still going to have maybe won seven, eight, nine games. That's why I'm saying, like, just play them, see what you've got, get to the end yeah. of the season, bin them, probably get yourself a better pick, and then at least at least you know what you're getting. Whereas if you just yeah. bench them the now, and you get in with a kind of 50-50 quarterback in there who's going to actually be winning some games, I don't know, that's my kind of feeling on it. I just think, really, I agree. you're, you're I not agree. winning the Super Bowl. You're not winning the Super Bowl with Joe Flacco or Mike White. So end of the, as much as that defence is brilliant and a Super Bowl calibre, you're not winning with them. So therefore... How do you know you're going to have with Zach Wilson? Yeah, I agree with you. I, w- I wouldn't. I wouldn't bench him, but they've came out and said he's benched. So, you know, f- from my perspective, what they've got to do then is right. You know, give him a bit of time on the sides to cool off, and then get him back in. And like you say, play out the rest of the season. Try and um, try and get back on track. Try and get people back on side. But like I said, if it was me, I wouldn't be benching him. I'd say go out there, apologize, get back in there, start winning games. That that's how I would look at it. Um. Yeah, but um, he's benched. That's the facts. Um. So, uh, best case scenario for him is going to be one or two weeks on the sidelines, and then and then maybe get back in. Um. But like you say, they might be making a rod for their own back now because if they do start winning the next couple of games, then then that's that's fucked. So, is the issue for the Jets though that um that Zach Wilson hasn't been playing well, or is that? They've lost Brees Hall. Has he been masking some of the deficiencies in Wilson's game? He's heard in the past couple of weeks, and especially since last week, there's the wide receivers are unhappy that they're not getting enough um, targets in games. They're liking accidentally um, tweets criticizing um, Wilson. Is it more that they had such a, a talent in Hall at the start of the season who's injured now? That's kind of masked and helped. Propelled him forward to the four wins that he had whenever he came in, took over from Joe Flacco. What do you think, Scott? No, the the wide receivers of the morning, as soon as Wilson came back in, um, he's not been throwing the ball, and he, to me, he's not played well since he came. They've been a better team to watch with Flacco there, as stupid as that sounds. Mm-hmm. Flacco was getting the ball out, get to the wide receivers, and they looked a better all round offense. You're right in a way, Hall, when he was playing, was explosive and it sort of took some things away from that side of the game. It wasn't as visible. Without him, it's just showing up all the cracks and to me, they've got a good offence minus a quarterback. Um, they've got a good a lot there, but I, as Danny says, you don't know what you've got unless you play him. I think it will be a petulant, you're, you're not, he's not even benched, he's not even suiting up for this game. So they're yeah. not even going to be in this, he's not even going to be in his gear so I think it's just a sort of a, a telling off for a young petulant wee boy and to me I, I think it'll be one and done it'll be back in next week and then just see what they've got I don't think they've got much but you you need to explore the opportunity at least anyway You said that he was he was hurting Danny um, I think it gave maybe it was, he was hurting but it was really a bruised ego that more than anything someone who was hurting and as you said earlier um, torn ligaments with Justin Fields and there was a great video that popped up on 
Twitter earlier in the week where a young Fields was playing for his team and he was at the, the, the sidelines and they were, they were down by, I think, 10 points near the, the end of the game. And he didn't know what to do. His head was in his hands. He was hunched over. And his dad, who was a police officer, was over and he was talking to him. And he was nice and calm. And he was brilliant with him. It was wonderful to see. He just talked him through. But his team needed to see from him. They needed to see a leader. They needed him to stand up to show that he could see a way forward, that a way, a way that he could win the match. And I think the next video clip was him running through and scoring one of the, the touchdowns. I don't know if they came back to win the game, but it, things like that and how people project themselves. It was great to hear Justin Fields coming out after the match saying they lost the game and it wasn't because of the defence. The defence gave them a chance to win the game. He just didn't have a good game. They'd been riding high the past couple of weeks. He took a, he had an injury. He played through that injury. That's something that's going to stand him in good stead with his teammates. They realise that he's going to fight through the pain barrier. For them, they're going to do the exact same for him. Is Justin Fields the type of quarterback that, that you would have in your team? Danny? I, I'm still just gobsmacked by how beautiful that segue went from Zach Wilson right into Horton Fields. That was a thing of beauty, mate. Uh, <laughs> What was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> Would you I have built for that? I was quite chuffed with that one myself, thanks for something. Right, um, uh, yeah, uh, oh, so Fields, have... Fields, that is the sort of leader that you want is the the, the franchise yeah. face that you want to be something that people look up to that realise that uh, he's going to put himself in danger, which maybe Fields does a wee bit too often, but you want people to realise that he's one of us, but he's also going to set the the tone set the how it's going to be in the, the team. No, definitely. Like that, that's what you want. Like you say, you want people to stand up, take responsibility. Like, don't shrink away. Don't hide. Even when you're getting beat, you know, you're still out there trying your best, running through a brick wall for the team. How often do you see that? You know, when you see guys crying and stuff like that, when it means something, mm-hmm. even like Derek Carr and stuff recently, you know, that carries a lot yeah. of weight. And yeah, and that's exactly where Wilson needs to, you know, improve his game. Because you need that in your team. You need leaders there. You need people with G and everybody up. Because, you know, a dressing room of 53 guys and a, a plus, it's a lot of different characters in there. And people will feel it. People will feel the pressure. The heads will go down. And they'll be looking about the locker room. Who's the, my captain? Who Who's there? And that's what you want to see. You want to see, like, a Justin Fields taking responsibility, taking accountability for the defeats. And also going out and give them a chance to win as well. You're saying, see their heart, see they're banged up. How often do you hear about players playing through some awful injuries and they're still willing to put their bodies in the line, you know? So, no, 100%, I think he's a star in the main. The only injury that really not of note that I noticed for the, the Jets was that Josh um, Gardner was limited. Um, he was listed as limited. He's been a revelation, so hopefully he'll be be able to make it through um, and, and play in that game. Because I think, it, like you say, just like the, the Bengals and Titans, this is again a, a really interesting matchup and one that I'm looking forward to, to watching on Sunday, I think that game is as well. Grant, are we all, I think we're all going for the Jets then for this one, seeing how Wilson's out. <laughs> Go in, Bears. Aye, Bears. Bears. Oh, I th- Danny, I've got you as Jets here. You've oh, went, um, I am, sorry, I did go. Jesus, that, uh, we, I'm still in Boston time. Going after last week. <laughs> no, but, but I think Jets are minus six favorites. So yeah, 
So the big game for this one might be the Michael Carter. You know, the Bears defence I think now is ranked 32nd since they get rid of like Raquel Smith, Smith and mm-hmm. uh, Robert Quinn. They're all over the place and they can't stop the run. So watch like Carter get a lot of big touches, a lot of carries. If Mike, uh, Mike White can actually repeat his kind of first NFL start of like 400 yards and three touchdowns or something like that, then yeah. Yeah. Let's see what that's why. Yeah, I'm going Jets. Fantastic. We spent a wee bit longer on that one than I uh, wanted to. So, um, Scott, <laughs> yourself, who are you going for for this one? Um, yeah, Bears. Anything but the Jets, no. The Bears. Yeah. Kev, you you going for the Bears in that one as well? The Bears. The Bears. The Bears. That's one for you, Grant. Um, <laughs> we'll fly through the, the final game there. Interesting matchup as it may be, but New Orleans Saints... Uh, are at the San Francisco 49ers. The Saints with a 4-7 record and the Niners with a 6-4 record. A couple of injuries for each team there. Um, Mark Ingram is limited for the Saints, um, as is Marshall and Lattimore. Niners, only one really of note that I could see was Debo Samuel was limited. So looks like pretty healthy squads there. Should make for an interesting uh, battle between the two teams we'll go through quickly anything of note that you want to add for, for the Saints and Niners there, anyone? For me the, the big one the big thing that stands out to me in this game is I say, the Saints are minus 12 in turnovers right? and they're going up against the number one overall defence it's got to be an annihilation I'm sorry and, that's, and we've picked this game because let's face it there's a lot of a very average games. The, these three Thanksgiving mm-hmm. games are the best of the, the week. So obviously time of recording and all that. So we'll put this one in here. But that was the thing that really jumped out at me when I seen it. And I think the other big thing really looking at is are we on board the Jimmy G train after you know written up Mexico? He's been absolute yeah. as a hat. Yes. No, that wasn't even, I don't know what that was. That wasn't Spanish. That was where some stuck my throat. No, uh, yeah, I, I just think, you know, just they're, they're starting to get healthy the right places. Debo, Kittle, Ayuk, you know, hopefully they've got Armstead back as well. You know, they've got Elijah Mitchell coming back in. They just look like they've got, again, a player of just riches there. Uh, CMC. Yeah. Oh, CMC, how can I forget? So, yeah, it's all done, <laughs> Jimmy G. Earlier in, the, earlier in this, the season, it was sort of like, well, how far is Jimmy G going to really take them? And for him, yeah. like he was last week, well, I'm, you could say all the way, playing like that and how they're going. So I'm all on board the Jimmy G train again. And as is all of the crew, I'm just looking at our picks for that, every single crew member has gone for the 49ers in that one. Um, Scott, give anything you want to add on for the Saints v Niners? No, just can't see past no, just... the Niners. And they've they've went all in for the the Super Bowl this year, and be really interesting to see the the running and how well they do. We'll move on then to our fantasy pick six. I am looking for you guys to give me one stud and one sleeper. Who is going to absolutely ball out this weekend, and who's going to surprise um, a few people? Kev, I'm coming to you first for the top QB this week. Who who are you picking for your stud first of all? QB, oh, um, I'm going to go for Jalen. Um, I'm going, I'm going Hurts. Um, that's my stud. Um, mm. And I'm, I'm going to just um, for my sleeper. Um, 
I'm going to go for my guy, um, Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, he's really, really, really struggling this season. Um, since about week three, he's putting up rubbish numbers for both my fantasy teams. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to say Lamar is going to is going to get back to doing Lamar things this week. It's more more hopeful than anything, but that's that's what I'm going for. There is one lone voice uh, crying out in the darkness uh, among the crew members this week, and it's two who reckons that the Jags are going to get a wee upset there in Baltimore. Scott, what about yourself? I'm coming to you now for your top running backs. Um, to me, Stud would be, um, assuming he's, I'll, I'll gamble that he's fit and healthy, it would be Henry. Um, as you said, I think he the, the Bengals can't stop anything, so if he's fit yeah. or 95% fit, he's just going to destroy them and eat them up. Um, sleeper, Again, I touched on it. Um, thing me, I think Richard White is just going to continue improving, improving, improving. And against a team, I think they're going to destroy the Browns. But I do think he's going to be the run. He's going to be the guy in the run game. I think you'll find Leonard Fournette getting pushed further and further back. But he'll be my sort of sleeper on it. Fantastic, Danny. Go you quickly then for your uh, wide receivers. Who are you taking? Eddie McLaurin. For me, this is an easy one. Yeah, I think he's going to go off against the Atlanta Falcons. They're 30 ranked 31st, I think, in points, fantasy points per game to uh, wide receivers. They've gave up 459 passing yards to the Bengals. Yeah, and 309 passing yards to the Carolina Panthers. So, yeah, I think Heineke, is, he just loves them. He's got to target them. He's not scoring a lot of touchdowns, but, you know, he's still averaging about 16 yards per reception. And I think he's sealing like, the low scores this year. He's still about 10 points or something like that. So he, he's going to be an absolute solid one. Uh, my sleeper, probably after last week, isn't he that much a sleeper, but I just love him. I think he's got to do great things again this week is Josh Palmer uh, at uh, the Chargers. I was, again, mm-hmm. I was a wee bit, wasn't he really focusing on fantasy football last week for which we'll <laughs> probably come on to. Uh, yeah, but even with Alan Williams back, I think he's just showing he's a talented guy. You know, was, what was it last two weeks in a row or two in the last three weeks? He's went for like eight or 10 and 106 yards. He had two touchdowns last week. So he's got to put up good numbers as well. Fantastic. Kev, back to you for the deadliest Ds. The deadliest Ds. Um, I'm going to say, um, I'm going to say the Cowboys. Um, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna really get um, or struggle to set foot back in the states um, because <laughs> as, as an Eagles fan, I'm not supposed to give the Cowboys any sort of credit. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think the Cowboys D um, are looking really good. Um, Micah Parsons um, is absolutely killing it. Um, They've actually conceded now. The Pats, the the Pats, they impressed me no end last week, um, mm-hmm. and yet the Cowboys, do I think, have conceded less points uh, than the Pats this year. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go for the Cowboys. Um, sleeper, I don't know. Um, the Bucks. No oh, way. Yeah, I'm going to say the Bucks. Fantastic. That's it. Locked in. Fantastic. Hey, Daniel, <laughs> I'm going to you now for it. Top tight ends, please. 
Right, as I mentioned a wee bit earlier, I hinted to to me is TJ Hawkinson. I think he'll go off against the Pats. I think mm. he'll good numbers. I think he's just a sort of big red zone target who can usually struggle against, you know, Dawson Knox and guys like that can usually go off against us. So I can see him really being uh, a big threat. Maybe a lot of, you know, easy zone, you know, soft zone that he's got to find a lot of spaces in as we take away the sort of deep threat. So I'm going for TJ yeah. Hawkinson. And again, I, I don't know if he's a sleeper anymore, but Joanne Johnson of the Saints is my sleeper. Last three games, he's been a great red zone target. I think he's had a touchdown in each of his last three games. It's only 10 receptions in that time. So, again, just want to watch. Get Well, we mentioned they're going up a really good 49ers defence, but, you know, they're going to have their opportunities. You know, it takes his one, you know, in the, end, in the red zone, and uh, I think it'll be towards him. So, yeah, he's my sleeper. Fantastic. Scud leaves it you to finish it off with the, the top kickers. For week twelve in the NFL, uh, yeah, yeah, cheers. Um, this this um, the stud would be a go with Harrison Butker. Um, I think he could get about 14, 15 points just putting one pointers in. To be honest with you, against the Rams because they're that woeful. Um, <laughs> and my sleeper would be as I say, he's really impressed me. The boy York from the Browns. He's mm. he's not much a sleeper, but he's I think I just think he's maybe somebody people might sleep on because I think. They might have more field goals than anything else happening in the game, to be honest with you. So it should be a good game for him. Somebody I would take. Top work, guys. I've got them noted down. I'll get them tweeted out as well. So they are uh, forever um, out there for us to, to, to look back on and gloat about when we absolutely nail it this week. We ran through that. We flew through that because I want to get to the incredible... Maybe going by your, your messages last week, that might have been the, the Sam Adams drink, right enough. A life-changing event, which was your pilgrimage to Foxborough to see the New England Patriots. Um, Danny, tell me about your the, the trip itself. So you left last what, Thursday, was it, to get to the game? Yeah, so last, last, last Thursday, left rainy Montrose. It was absolutely leathering it down, so... All my trains were cancelled. Uh, Big Scud was good enough to drive up and meet me in Perth, and uh, we continued that way down. And so needed a couple of refreshments just to get us kicked off, you know, after all that yeah. stressful journey and that honking weather. So, so we did that. But then we were up. We were pretty sensible for a change. Of Scud, what was it? About half eleven. We sort of went to bed, but we were up at a couple of cans. That was it. And I, thought, I forget what time we were up at half five or something. Get to the airport for about six. Aye. Uh, and the Friday, great time. Flight out was about twenty past eight, so we had the the traditional couple of pints in the the bar, just getting ourselves up for it, and uh, got to the, the game. camera work was beautiful for that. By the way, the the, the way you encapsulated the tenants' uh, bubbles and that was it was beautiful, beautiful oh, camera work. When you were in pint. the airport, you flew to you flew to Dublin. Is that right? Flew you made Dublin. some friends when you were there. Is that right? We did. Uh, now, as I was kind of just hinting at there, we, we were delayed by about an hour and a half. Uh, we were done. Uh, yeah, we're delayed an hour and a half. So as soon as uh, we got to Dublin, we, we went and let us on the plane. So we had basically a five-hour wait to the next available flight, and we met quite a few guys in that time. 
big shout out to uh, Craig. Uh, he was going down to Atlanta from uh, from Fife. Uh, he was a great guy. We sat in by him for ages. And then we met Mark from Belfast. And we met Michael from uh, Munich. And uh, yeah, we'd all, I don't know, all past two of them were Pats fans. And yeah, just a great time. Talked to everybody. By the time we got on the plane, absolutely minced. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so no, that was good. I imagine that would help with the to get we sleep in the the way over. Um, sounds sounds wonderful. You got there. Did you get a wee chance to do a wee bit of sightseeing when you were in Boston? Yeah, we went down, got to do Boston Common, got to beautiful wee place, beautiful place. Um, got to sit on the bench for Goodwill Hunting, get some pictures on that, which was top priority for myself. I loved that. Love it. Um. We went to see, we didn't go into Cheers, but we were outside it because we were going by, it was too early, they went open, so we get the inaugural picture outside of it. Um, and then we went to see the Big Green Monster uh, with Fenway, which was some stadium, you wouldn't even know it was, the, it's just right in the middle of the city, it's absolutely fantastic. Um, that was really impressive to see that. We didn't go to the tour or anything like that, but just even walking around it with the statues and everything about it was fantastic. It's certainly in the, the days when we were at high school when the Channel 5 started on the telly. I used to stay up till like 3, 4, 5 o'clock in the morning watching the baseball. And uh, Fenway's definitely on the bucket list. I'd love to go and see that, as you say, the big green monster. I'd love to go there sometime. But let's get past all that. That's not what we're, we're interested in. We want to hear all about the actual game. And the game really starts a couple of hours beforehand when people show up at the stadium and they start their tailgating. I've experienced myself at Murrayfield years and years ago as a wee guy, but nothing like what it seems you guys got to, to experience. How was the, the tailgating experience for these? It was unreal. It was absolutely unreal. Probably one of the greatest things I've done. You know, I love going down to London games and stuff like that, but nothing comes close to that. We just, we, well, I get a wee bit too pissed on the, the Saturday and then forgot to get a carry out. And we thought, oh, it's all right, it's America. We'll be able to get one at any time. No, we couldn't <laughs> find a place on Sunday morning to get a, a carry out. So, no. so we finally just jumped in the bus, got there, no carry out. What have we got to do? And we walked about 50 yards off the bus. Now we were kilted up, as probably saw in the photos. Yep. And it was freezing. I mean, absolute Baltic. Uh, I think it was about minus seven it was sort of feeling like with that cold it was wind that was blowing in and uh, what do we hear just alright big guys how's it going not in that accent right enough but it was uh, <laughs> like, and we're like is there anywhere about here we can go and buy some drink no that uh, no just have ours it's like, we've got loads like, we're not going to drink at all so stay with us and the absolute amazing one it's good oh, it's unbelievable the generosity of it was not even just the drink, it was the food, everything. Um, it was, oh, goodness, it was unbelievable. Great what was, uh, some of the things? What were some of the things that they were cooking out the back? Is it like hot dogs? They do barbecue stuff and that? I was eating mussels. No, they did big pots of like, steamed mussels and stuff. Clams. I'd stuff, I'd stuff clams, uh, mussels. They'd the usual, you know, burgers. And... Breakfast pizza. Breakfast pizza, the breakfast pizza as well. Uh, oh, it was just unreal. And like, folk were just walking past, like, here, do you want one of these? You want to try this? And like, don't take food for strangers, but I was yamming right in there. <laughs> uh, and just every two minutes, somebody was handing us another drink, and uh, it was unreal. Uh, the guys, uh, Mike and uh, Biff and Jim, they were talking to, and 
Paul Souza, they were absolutely superb, really took us in for that couple of hours. We met the Reverend, who is a bit a Patriots legend. He does uh, mm-hmm. he passes out a shot to everybody who's nearby from the tailgating, and he goes up and does a, a prayer. It's basically a poem. And it's all, it's all about that to this game. And then afterwards, every down's a shot. It was brilliant. Met him, introduced him, gave me a big hug, and he gave us a show. He's like, our Scottish friends are here. The place was going mental. Met loads of folks from Canada. They were keeping us all these beers and stuff. And, yeah, it was just unreal. And even as we were leaving the tailgate, the guys were sitting, we were sitting close to us, and they're like, oh, just come in with us. So walking up to the game with them, it was superb. And then on the way back out, we just had one last sort of beer with them and a couple of younger guys come out of nowhere. Well, I felt like nowhere and went, right, chug a beer. Was, so it was the biting the can and cracking it open and chugging a beer and stuff. It was just absolutely brilliant. Some, oh, just, can we tell yeah, them who was, won? I got distracted. <laughs> 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 no, there was never any up. doubt. Never any doubt Scott's going to win that one. Scott, tell uh, me myself, I'm a football football fan, not American football fan, first and foremost. But um, whenever I go to a new city, I love to try and get to a game somewhere and go to see a, a new stadium. I've been blessed to, to go to Stadio Olimpico, Bernabeu, loads of incredible stadiums. What was it like for you? And this is the bit that I love, just that we walking up the steps until you see the stadium just open out in front of you. What was that like for you? Oh, it was goosebumps. Um, honestly, you thought you knew you were going to, but no. Um, you think going to London, you've seen the games and all that, but just get up to this, walking up to the Gillette, the Razor, going through the thing, we get up and just look out to the stadium. Our seats were amazing, um, right down next to the Red Zone Militia and everything. It was, oh, I think you can just kind of get it. Can it words can't ex- describe how I felt when we were up there. Um, and the, the stadium itself was beautiful, well cl- well maintained, it was never long waiting a beer or anything like that. They came to you for beers, the wee guy with the cap, that was amazing. <laughs> you pick <laughs> that in, but the stadium was, oh, you know, I can't say it again, just beautiful. Some sort of experience, I'm sure Danny will agree. Yeah, and again, just amazing people all around about us, just talking to us, photos with us, just absolutely brilliant. No no issues whatsoever, honestly. I don't think we'd have crossword with a single person the whole time there. National anthem and everything starts, and you know the, the fireworks going off. Not gonna lie, you know we tear was building up. It was just really, it is truly emotional. It was brilliant. The game itself was obviously, as we probably spoke about, it wasn't it the best game. Although I still had an absolute ball, I think it was a better game. Very much defences on top, but there was always something to cheer about, shout about, get involved in, talk to the guys, run about with, you know. So it was the whole experience, and then bang, that 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 punt landed. What? What was that moment like? Because it's not like in a, a soccer football moment where the, the ball hits the back of the net. There's an the anticipation and you see the play developing. What was it like to be in that and the shared environment with the, the whole crowd rising as one to see him going through? What was that like? I'm, I'm still stunned at it, to be honest. I've I, I seen this sort of develop so as soon as they sort of cut it right. I thought, hold on, we're on to something here. And you could just feel this kind of growing, just sort of growing in the stadium and the excitement just building. I think everybody at the same point realised it's like he's gone to the house here. And I just remember yeah. being an absolute stunned, kind of turning around and jumping about and jumping big scud and hugging him and high-fiving everybody <laughs> running about. And it was just, <laughs> honestly, the place was absolute 
buzzing. It was I, I've never been to some massive Celtic games, going last minute winners and stuff like that, yeah. and absolutely love all that as well. And very different, but th- that was an experience that was up there. And it's you know for a game that I'm pretty sure when we get back in ten years time or five years time, whatever it might be, they'll say what game we at, and we'll say we were at that the the Marcus Jones punt return. And uh, it was that uh, it was unbelievable. Amazing! I'm so glad one that you've got to go there and experience it in the, the first place. But not only that, you've got a truly memorable moment and game that you can look back on. That trusty bits for these guys. They're absolutely delighted. Thanks for sharing that with us as well. And thanks to you for listening as well to tonight's preview crew episode. Um. We're looking forward to week 12. It's going to be a great time. I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving um, if you're listening to us in the States. We've been the, the gridiron crew. We're absolutely knackered. We're away to try and catch the end of the, the, the Thanksgiving games. On behalf of myself and the rest of the crew, I'd just like to say thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed, like and subscribe to however you listen to the podcast. Follow us on Twitter. As I said, it's at gridirencrew. I-R-N-C-R-U. Um, Get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to get your involvement in the podcast. Any questions, we'll hopefully try and cover. And your, your, what you think is going to happen as well. Get involved with the crew. Um, we love doing this. This is really just for us, but it'd be nice to get a wee bit of interaction with you guys as well. We will be back on Wednesday morning with the review crew to look back on a, a hopefully another exciting week 12. Thanks very much for listening.